Hey everyone, today's episode is a repeat, uh, but it's one of my favorite episodes ever. It's uh, me and Paul Giamatti talking about everything. And uh, for me, the great thing is that today we open the writer's room for Billions season four. And I did this interview with Paul in between making the pilot and beginning uh, writing for the first season. So just the distance that the whole thing has come, but but you can hear in this conversation what a generous, beautiful artist Paul is. Hope you enjoy it. Back with some really spectacular guests over the next few weeks. Can't wait for you to hear those episodes. In the meantime, enjoy Paul Giamatti. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Today's guest is Paul Giamatti. I'm sure you know who he is. He's the uh, Oscar-nominated, Emmy-winning, legendary actor, and is one of the stars of Billions, which is the Showtime series that will premiere in 2016 that uh, my partners, uh, David Levine and Andrew Sorkin, and I created. And uh, I just wanted to say, if you're a new listener, thanks for being here. I'm sure that there are going to be people who've never listened to the show before who are going to listen because of Paul, which is great. And uh, if you've been listening a while and you're someone who digs the show, please pass the word. There's nothing that uh, helps a podcast more than if listeners tell their friends about the show. I know that the way I found the podcast that I love uh, is when someone else who, who, with whom I share taste has told me to check it out. Uh, that's certainly the case with Mystery Show or Reply All or any of the other pods I love. So uh, if you dig the show, please tell a friend review it on iTunes, rate it on iTunes, tell people on Twitter. Every time somebody does that, it's really helpful to me and uh, really makes me uh, feel good and encouraged about what I'm doing. And if you don't like the show, just turn this thing off, man, and go outside for a run or something. Uh, Don't, you don't have to tell anybody that. If you don't dig it, don't don't tell anyone. And also, I know I just used the word dig three times, but uh, I'm not going to censor myself. I did it. I apologize. And Paul Giamatti is coming up right now. The Moment? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The show is called The Moment? It is. I didn't know that. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> now you know. It's called The Moment. Well, yeah, with me. Got it. The, the Moment with Brian Gobbleman. That's, that's it. what it's called. I think that's going to be the new voice that starts at every... I think we have to throw <laughs> that in at the beginning. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Gobbleman. And the, that other voice belongs to Paul Giamatti, uh, Oscar uh, nominee, <laughs> Emmy nominee, <laughs> Emmy winner. Right. Uh, right. Occasional non-Oscar uh, nominee to right. uh, Universal uh, Outcry. Sure. Uh, against it, Paul. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Uh, Paul. Yes. Paul is my uh, my good buddy and also my collaborator. We are colleagues. We're colleagues. We're colleagues, mm-hmm. in fact, and have right. been before. We are making a TV series together called Billions. But um, when you're hearing mm-hmm. this, the show won't be on for quite some time. So right. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right. I'm just going to jump in, Paul, with okay. um, you just said something as we were starting to do this that uh, you said you were on Howard Stern uh-huh. and you said, and I've heard you say this many times, this kind of thing with surprise where you go, you know, he was nice to me. <laughs> People or, treat me with respect. He, and was, that he was respectful me. to me. And you always had this. You go. For some for reason, some reason. <laughs> you know you do this. I have no idea. You go, you go, I have no idea why. I walked in and they weren't all terrible to me. Yeah. yeah. What That's is that? interesting. No, you're right. I, 
I guess, well, in the instance of him, it's surprising. You know, you don't expect, I mean, you expect to be attacked by him. That's why people do it, isn't it? I mean, that's why people show up for Howard Stern. I, I think I wouldn't do it if I knew he was going to attack me. I don't want to be attacked. You weren't showing up But for then that. he doesn't attack me. Well, he's, And I don't know why that is. I don't think he attacked. I mean, he's like one of Some my... Some people he doesn't attack? Oh, you know him. No, oh, no I've been on his show. I don't know him, I lo- but I'm a, a, I couldn't be a bigger fan. Yeah. And I, for me, it wouldn't be surprising, but it, rather than, because I think uh, Howard just doesn't... It seems to me when people try to bullshit him is when he gets annoyed. Yeah. He just wants to engage with people who are interesting and who he cares about. And your yeah. friends, obviously, you obviously he would never be a dick to you. You I were. Guess. I mean, I suppose that's I mean, maybe one of the true. biggest maybe moments of your career is one of the biggest moment. You know, was an maybe important that's moment. What it is. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. So, I mean, the the the, the case of him. Yes, I'm surprised that I'm treated with respect. Yeah, and, but I, and I've heard you say it. I don't uh, know that I've said it about other people. Like who? Oh, I've heard you many times be like, I went to that thing, like maybe beforehand. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and then it seems like you, you sometimes forget, uh, <laughs> or, or my stature, my stature in the world. I think I do find it. I don't know that it's, I think I still am continually surprised people just sort of, I, it's hard. I'm not sure what the way I, I it's not, I just am surprised, I guess. I, I never have quite just embraced the fact that I guess people know who I am. It's still surprising to me, actually. So maybe saying that being treated with respect is the wrong thing. I just am sort of amazed that it, it, I'm there doing it. It's, it's surprising to me still. In a good way, I think. I don't know oh, that it's, it's refri- necessarily just self-deprecating all the time. <laughs> no, the best part of it is, is it doesn't, it's not bullshit. The best part of it to me is, I, I know you a long time now. You're not yeah. bullshit. You're, no, you're not bullshit really about not. it. So that's what, what's interesting is like you, like sometimes you'll say, uh, oh, I, I realize those, those actors in the scene uh, were, <laughs> or someone will tell you they were trying hard or they really cared about doing, doing well because they were with you. And you'll go like, why would that be? Why? You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. I just find it surprising. I don't know. And again, in that instance, I would say, why wouldn't everybody always try to do their best? Yes, I think that's what to. I would say. You know what I mean? I think underneath the insecure self-deprecating, is it, which there is a lot of that going on. I'm not going to lie about it. And it's uh, whatever. It's a mode that I have. Is an actual kind of surprise of just like, well, but wouldn't every, isn't everybody always working their hardest no matter what? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, in that well, particular the, oh, instance yeah, when that, you say that. So that I guess too. I just go, why the hell would they work any harder because I'm in the room? You know, I mean, wouldn't they be working harder if, if it was anybody, well, if yeah, I wasn't yeah, in the room? Sure, or, and I think that's Because I sure as hell am like fumbling around trying to work as hard as I can, you know, because I just don't want to make an idiot out of myself. So isn't that kind of, isn't fear driving everybody basically um, all the time <laughs> to do their best? Isn't that like the greatest, you know, motivator? Is that the thing for you? Is that one of the things? Not fear exactly, but no, it would. I wouldn't say fear. I would say I'm certainly, I certainly, I want to do the best I can do and not by my own. Yeah. I mean, it's a kind of, you know, pride, a certain sort of pride I, I buy that, that you have yeah. in your work. Absolutely. That makes sense that it's a. Yeah. There's a certain pride. Standard of prof- yeah. like professionalism. Yeah. 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 But, but I, I also wonder watching like watching you do the thing that you do up close <laughs> must be magical oh god it is paul <laughs> let me just say 
yeah. let me say every day mm-hmm. uh, I go to the trailer to after treasure. each. So you know, yeah. you've seen me. I leave set and I go weep I just know. because of what I've. It's a treasure. It's because so of, no, but you, it, it, the interesting combination of things that I've noticed is like you also. The reason fear struck me as like the wrong thing. Yeah, it's not really. But is a, you take a tremendous amount of joy in doing it. It seems like you really, <clears throat> uh, when you connect to it, when it happens, yes. it seems like you have, you work really hard and you're really hard on yourself, but it also seems like you are, there's a. a I do have fun doing it. Yeah. yeah. No. And that's like one of the main reasons I do it. It's not any grand. Vo- I mean, there's lots of sort of, I'm sure bigger more profound reasons i do but i have a good time you know it's like i I have fun doing it it's it's i think been a funny part of my own personal whatever journey or whatever i hate saying things like that but is you know it, it wasn't fun for a long time and it and it's not all the time and was some way of finding the way to make it be fun all the time has actually been a lot of work because it isn't always you know and I mean, I don't know what it's like for other people in other jobs, although I think it's probably the same with a lot of people in jobs that they really enjoy when they're lucky to do a thing that they like and maybe different kinds of artists and stuff. It's like any relationship or marriage or relationship, romantic relationship. You go through phases with it, you know, and it's like, I I hate you. You know, it's like, I can't believe I married you or I can't believe I got involved with you. I want to get the hell out of this. And it's like, not really. No, I don't really. Now, actually, I am. You know what I mean? It's just that kind of thing. And so, so you have that relationship to acting sometimes. I do. I think, every, I think everybody must. No? I mean, there seem to be people for whom it never seems like a drag or hard or, or, and I'm not saying you're complaining about it. I'm just no, saying it you, doesn't go sound through, like you're, you go through phases. Cause it's um, alive to you. You're like yeah, reacting to it, it and dealing well, with are. it. Is, it's a, you're, you're, it's a kind of romance. Well, from like when in writing it's when it, yeah, when it's not it coming must, easily or yeah. when it fuck, you're, you feel like you're wrestling with it. But, um, but, but for me, like the, the chasing it, even when it's bad, it's like, I, right. I can see the, I can, I can see God, if I could just find a way to well, fight why. through this, the right. good, it's there. Yeah. Right. So you must, uh, you, well, and you've, you know, there's relationships like that. They get pathological and you're like, I'm going to just keep fighting for your love. I know it's in there or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, it's crazy. It's like a crazy relationship. So when you say, yes, but so when you say you found, found a way, I was thinking of Chronicles, the Dylan book, when uh-huh. he talks about how he couldn't sing those songs for a while, it got to be a pain. Yeah. And he goes, and Jerry Garcia taught me a different way to think about, uh, a different way to think about it, a different uh, way to think about rhythm, a different way to think about what my job is. Yeah. It's a great, pa- have you read Chronicles? No, I, I, uh, I mean, I've we looked always at it. You would love that book. That sounds, that sounds great. That book, you would love that. Yeah, you're I just going to promise you're not going to start doing a Dylan mumble after reading it. Yeah, <laughs> you're really? going like, to decide you're going like, to yeah. perform. <laughs> you mean just as a person? Yes. <laughs> That'd be weird. Just as an actor. Yeah. But uh, he talks about how he then found, so when you say you've had to find a way to love it, again yeah would it would do you mean something in your te- I don't approach think I ever technically stop loving it i think it's having fun at it so what did you do to try to oh, have I don't fun know. at it i mean <clears throat> oh god knows i mean probably a lot of things i mean a lot of that the problem with that is going to stem from my own shit that i have to work through and stuff i mean you know i don't know i mean it's hard to just i think i think it was it was you know certain stupid simple things like 
just connecting with the other actors and stuff. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's true. No, and it's like really just enjoying them and enjoying being with them and, you know, working with them. It sounds stupid, but you can lose sight of that. You can lose, you can get far away from them. You know, and film is hard. Film is also a medium that's really difficult that has taken me a long time. And I think, you know, when I do a play, even though it can be horrible if you're in a bad play, nothing's worse you know, that, the joy of that is, it's a completely different thing. And film puts so many obstacles in your way as an actor that it's like, it cuts you, I, I, it cuts you off from the other, you can feel cut off from the other actors, you can feel very isolated. Just starting and stopping. Yeah, so it's like, I think a lot of my lack of enjoyment was was because I wasn't quite, I hadn't quite figured out how to do it yet. And I still haven't with film. Some of it's that, you know. You mean you still haven't figured out which part? What do you mean you still haven't figured it out? It's hard, film. I've never quite felt entirely comfortable doing it. And and I've gotten better at it. And I get more relaxed at it. And it's all relaxation. I mean, acting is all. But but film is really like. And I I feel like I'm getting better. But there's a kind of sweet spot that that's. For certain kinds of things, for most of the stuff that you're going to do on film and TV and stuff like that, there's a kind of sweet spot that it's hard to hit. And I feel like some people just, they just are in it all the time. Naturally, it's the yeah. rhythm, their metronome, their internal yeah. metronome just fires that It's just way. that thing. And it's like, it's not really mine. So it's taken work for me. It was not work for me on stage. It's it was just I knew what it was stage. there on stage. And it's like, so it's always taken work for me to modulate it and find it. It's tricky. I find it hard. And it's all the time. It's still, and it's still so you find now. it that way. Less so. But of course, then I get suspicious. I'm like, I can't get too comfortable. <laughs> no, because <laughs> you, you know want I mean? the work to be yeah, really strong. I don't want to get too comfortable because then I'm, am I phoning it in? Am I getting complacent? You know what I mean? Am I, it's tricky. It's a very funny medium for actors. And so reaching out, it's an interesting thing that people don't talk about very often. Actors will talk about it, and pe but people don't talk about it on, because it's, it's hard to explain, but the idea that sometimes film actors will get to a place where they really can act with a sock on a light mm -hmm. stand because they're working so much just with themselves. Yeah. And you're trying to avoid, you don't want to get to a place where, where you could give the same performance Yes, I don't uh, want you don't want to rely on the technique. In no, that I don't want to rely on tricks or something. But right. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And film acting is a lot. There are a lot of tricks in film acting. You know what I mean? It's a, it's there are lots of tricks and techniques that you kind of have to obey Be because sometimes. you can't gin up the internal thing all the time because of the you know, on the 30th take when there's someone's that. doing it because there's they that. Yeah, why else? There's that. There's also just the fact that I think it, it, it's a funny medium. It's actually, you need to do some of these things for it to read on film sometimes. Some people don't. I mean, Steve McQueen didn't. He just seemed to be able to stand there and it all just comes pouring out of him. You know what I mean? And it's like, some people I think are just have that relationship. But sometimes it, it actually requires more acting than you think it's going to need. More kind of trickery and actiness to convey things sometimes and not in a bad way. I mean, it's actually to get the message across to convey the thought you need to do some tricky things sometimes. And then how, how do you, how do you decide when you're going to think about <laughs> that? And what, so your relationship with your director must be really, I've seen it. I'm where, you know, uh, I've seen you around people that you trust 
um, asking <laughs> those questions, mm-hmm. like, did that seem, you know, my, yes. you know, you want to know, yes. uh, is it, re- you were trying it to make it read it the way you wanted it to. Yeah. Was that Are, what you were talking about? Is it coming across? Yeah. But do you also try to get unconscious when you're doing mm-hmm. it? Totally. So how do you, I would rather how do you just balance? be completely unconscious. And when it's at its best, I'm just unconscious about it. But you know, that's a tricky thing to say. Everybody's got a technique. Everybody's got some control over it too. You know, you can't just go and but you're, you're you not a just, monitor. You can't just go spray shit all over the place. But you're not a monitor freak. You'll go to the monitor if someone wants you to watch it, but you're not like hovering, wanting no. to see your performance every time. No. Sometimes I'll go look if I just want to see something, and it's often helpful if I do. And I probably should more than I do. Um, I probably ought to do it more than I do, but uh, it's a funny line. Why? Because I also then- don't like I don't like the whole thing over there. <laughs> I don't like hang. I just, it's like, it just feels, it's wonderful. It's great, but it can feel distracting sometimes over at the monitor to me. Well, if you're on a set where yeah. there are a lot of people at the monitor. Yes. Yes. Like on our show, we, very no, there sm- wasn't, we don't allow. No, and so, uh, exactly. The culture around the monitor can get sort of out of control. It can be 40 people around there. And people's guests come in and they're having chocachinos and soy lattes coming in and shrimp plates and everybody's sitting around, you know. Wait, and why didn't I get a shrimp plate? <laughs> I want because, a shrimp plate. Because I, you don't have a big crowd over there. You, if you Listen, see a shrimp plate. I'll order a shrimp plate for the monitor sometime. I'll have it sent around. Me a but you know what I mean. It's like, you know, a whole world can grow up over there that's just... But that leads to the question. Yeah. So how do you, cause one thing I've noticed about you is you, you take pains not to be a dick to people on set. <laughs> yeah. You're not a dick ever. Why? And no, and I, but I'm sure I, some I wonder people the, probably differ with that. I have moments I am, when I can be for sure. But really? I don't think I was on this show or the things I've done with you, but I'm, I'm sure I can be. Just for a second, stipulate to the fact that you're okay. not a dick on right. set. I try not to be a dick. Well, and but I was going to say it takes energy, I imagine. I had to say to, to people. To not be a dick? Well, because like, there were a couple of times, you know, so my partner Dave and I, my you know writing and producing, uh, film, filmmaking partner Dave and I, uh, we spend a good amount of time with you on, yeah. on set. And it can look like it's just three people fucking around. Yeah. And it could draw, which, you know, in, in some respects, it is three it is, people fucking around. Which is fine. Which but, is good. Yes. Yeah. But you could see how it would make uh, everyone feel like that's a place. They want to hang out. And you're good at uh, protecting yourself. I remember one time when that was happening, when. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, when you just found a way to leave. Yes. And so, because you, you're trying to protect your kind of like... Yeah, I mean, I'm interested, I guess, in how an actor in particular who's doing a kind of art that is easy to forget, it's not an art form. The people around can just look at you and because you take pains to yeah. be regular with yeah. people. Yeah. Because you're the kind of person that's like, why are they nice to me? I could see that, you know, someone could come by on set and they can kind of erode the little special thing you've built up to do what you have to do. Yeah. So how do you deal with it? It depends on different, it's different things too. It's different. It's, it's always going to be a different thing. Sometimes I'm more willing and able and want to sort of sit and fuck around because it, it helps somehow for whatever reasons, you know, it keeps me unconscious. It keeps me any number of things. Sometimes I don't do that. There's sometimes, there's sometimes things I do when I don't really interact with people much and you can come across as a dick to people if you do that sometimes but which is I understand that but so sometimes I don't it's kind of a case by case thing and I mean actors have to develop a kind of funny 
attached, detached, present, not present thing all the time. It's a very unusual thing, you know, that I think you're either you, the actors are probably predisposed to anyway. I mean, I don't know if you call it compartmentalizing or something. I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, yes, it's sociopathic probably is what it is for sociopaths, but it's, there's a funny kind of, you got to be present and not. You mean, some ways it's odd. Well, it's what the, the job demands in some ways is that you, it's just a funny thing. So you learn sort of ways to sort of retreat and protect yourself and stuff like that, you know, to be able to do your work and to just be able to deal, you know? And and you're saying, you know those saying? Are, I do know. Yes, I, I do. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, well, a couple of things about that are interesting. Just when you said that you're well, probably predisposed to that. I think, I think anyway. a lot of actors are predisposed to that anyway. So when you're in intimate relationships, even friendships, <laughs> yeah. does that present pro- sure. problems? I think, I think actors are can often be tricky people to be involved in relationships with. Be, because they're, they can be kind of in two places at once I and they're not so. quite pre- not like hyper present and then not present not at all. Yeah. And even at the same time, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I think, I think that that, I think it's a tricky thing. Uh, you know, it's a generalization and it's not, but do you have to watch? I mean, do you have to watch that? Because you, you, that effect of like, I've had a lot of people tell me that they were best friends of yours at Yale. And these are definitely people you were friends with. Yes. They, but somehow they all <laughs> felt they were best. You guys were like best friends and not just because yes. you're famous. I could tell it's, yeah. be, you, you like had the ability to create this. <laughs> really? A lot of people have said that. A few bunch of people. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. uh, and I'm wondering, yeah, I'm sure that wasn't exactly conscious on your part, but I'm wondering what manifests that. You mean how, why yeah, they why would that say happens. that? Yeah. It, it may not be a conscious thing. It's it's such a complicated thing. It's it's I suppose so. I mean, again, like actors are very good at sort of connecting with people and being very like you know. I mean, somebody has said to me, asked me once, you know, how did you have such great chemistry with so and so, some actress? I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about something. Sophia and, Loren. I think. Yes, it was the, that movie I did with Sophia Loren. Extraordinary. Right. It was amazing. Uh, Visconti, because you thought that Visconti, you, and Loren would do that. And I mean, people can definitely find that. How well that worked, the seamlessness, the way that project worked. It It was was incredible. We'll talk about that later. The CG elements were also great. Great experiences of my life. But so someone asked you. for her too. Um, Somebody said to me, how'd you have developed that great chemistry? And I was like, that's my job. You know, I was like, well, I'm supposed to. That's what I do for a living is I create connection with people i connect with people that's what we're supposed to do so it was like i don't even think about you know and it's like so actors do that all the time i think you know or or not it's hard because you know you some can't, turn it off right away some turn it off right away you choose yes. not, i mean some right yeah, absolutely absolutely and like i say sometimes i do on sets and sometimes i don't you know, and it's like, but you want to have a good working environment and stuff like that. And people have different ways. So of, you think about this stuff consciously, meaning when you say, that's what I do. Um, if you have to create that with, some, with somebody, you know, in a, a brief moment, and let's not even say a romantic thing, you know, the forget about it scene in Brasco. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you and Johnny have this real yeah. connection. Yeah. And I've never really even met him before. Right. Had you met before that? Really briefly, you know, one of, obviously a, a signature scene in a great mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, and one of the first movies I was in, by the way, too. So I was really nervous on top of everything else. But, you were. Oh yeah. So okay, for that kind of thing in the beginning of your career, and I want we'll go backwards, but for that kind of thing in the beginning of your career, what kind of preparation did you do for <laughs> that? 
How did you get yourself ready? To, For that, to, I didn't do a whole... I mean, it's not like I went and studied FBI guys or anything No, like but that. I mean more about the line, getting comfortable <laughs> with it, thinking about how you were going to well, say that was all funny. that I remember stuff. To forget about that, it. I remember with that, that uh, when I went and auditioned for that, I made a funny choice, which was that, and I don't think it really actually played out in the movie this way, but when I did it, I made the choice that I I wasn't really that interested (laughs) in what he was talking about. And the guy thought that was so funny, he hired me, but then he had me do it differently. So (laughs) did you know going in, you were going to be doing it differently or he threw it? No, no. I thought I was going to do it the same. And then it was sort of changed on me. So it, you know... I would say that that those kinds of things, those day player things where you go in and it's like, you know, we probably shot, I, I think we shot that at the end of the day. We'd been sitting around for hours, you know what I mean? And like finally got shoved in there and do it at the end of the day. And it was like, you know, was, that's actually the hardest stuff because there's kind of no way to prepare for it. I mean, you learn your lines as best you can and you prepare as best you can, but you have no fucking idea what's going to happen. Because you don't know what's happening on the movie. You have no idea. You walk in the middle of this thing and you have to do some crazy scene and they'll suddenly be like, oh, actually, this is on a boat and there's a dog in your lap. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that's what was going to be happening. And a lot of the time they're rushing and they're just like, come on, come on, come on. You got to like, that stuff is, I think the hardest stuff there is to do was as a, an actor. Was a lot of that keeping yourself loose then? Would you, were you, yeah, you got to stay loose, but you got to be prepared. You can't go in and you got to know the words up. and yeah, really understand. Like, you know, you got to get that done, that stuff, you know? And it's like, so you got to be able to be loose and you got to be, yeah, but you know, you can't go in there and dick around. I mean, depends. Maybe sometimes you can. Sometimes I would do those jobs and go in and they were like, say some funny stuff, do this, say that, you know, they were very loose, but you have to be really loose, but prepared. It's, it's hard. I mean, you had done some other, you had done safe men or, oh, safe men came. Did I do that before? I don't think no, so. No, you're right. Say, no, yeah, Nebraska no, was later. first. Yeah. Right. That was one of the first things I did when I got to New York. And I did you, when you were film. there and you were watching Johnny and, uh, did you look at that and think like, I, I'll be, did you have a sense that you could be a movie star? No, me? Yeah. No. Or did you figure that, did you figure at that time, like, so you, like that was a great day when you got that job? I think of myself as a movie star now, but it's like, but, but I, I've uh, had right, success. But, yeah. I mean, but no, I wasn't sitting well, there you thinking you are a star that. of stage screen yeah, and yes, television. That's true. Well, we'll see about TV. That hasn't happened yet. You have to be, listen to me now. No, no, this is very sorry. important. You have to own that. I would. Manifest that. Own that. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, Visualize that. You, well, Visualize success. You, you are starring in a television series that's going <laughs> that's on. It's going to be on it. Showtime in 2016. That's technically more accurate. <laughs> I mean, that's happening. So, but to answer your question, no, I was not sitting there thinking I'm going to be doing that. What he's doing? You mean like playing that's what the I'm asking. lead? In yeah, a movie we're or looking something? at Johnny. Did you think that's a different kind of creature than I am? Well, he is a different kind of creature than I am. I mean, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. He's who he is. You know, he's the unique actor that he is. So I wasn't. And and you know, did I think I was going to be playing leads in movies? No. You know, I did a lot of. I picked up a lot of those jobs to make money, and I was doing theater. And it's like, I kind of hoped I would play leads in theater. And stuff like that. Yes. And, and thought that, because I thought that's where I was going to have a career was theater. And that I was going to subsidize it by doing things like Donnie Brasco, which is what I did, actually. Right. You were, thought you'd be like a that guy. Like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. In, and I in was movies. for a long time. Oh. Yeah, and it's like, and, and, that's, and that was. Well, that's how you became uh, a <clears throat> And that was, that was, that was, you know, it's not like I'm not, a, I'm an ambitious person. And I'm not, not a, you know, I'm competitive with myself to do the best jobs I can do and I'm not an unambitious guy but I wasn't 
I didn't think I was going to have much of a film career. And were you were you watching and like were you just doing the scene or were you kind of because I, I, I know different I people was have different, just doing the scene right you weren't sort part. of like what's you know how is Johnny preparing no, I just didn't want to fuck it up his- I didn't want to fuck it up and I just was I just wanted to get the job done and not fuck it up and I was nervous and and yeah I want to fuck it up and and or fuck him up or like you know and he was great you know and he was utterly beyond perfect. You know, he came right in, laid down on that couch and we just did the scene really quick and fast. And it was very efficient and done really well. And he was great and hilarious and great. And that's like when you walked Tim Nelson sitting there with me. Yeah. Great. You know, and I knew him already a little bit before we were tired, frankly, because we've been (laughs) sitting around all day smoking cigarettes and like, you know, waiting to shoot this thing. When you left that night, did you have the sense at all? I, I'm always wondering about this in, in things. Like, I I'm, I always wonder when, you know, the first time, like, uh, Michael Stipe played with Peter Buck and Mike Mills. Hmm. Like, what did they look at each other and go, oh. What like, the hell? What did I just do? Oh, this is... Like, did you have a sense that something happened with that thing with you guys there? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of felt like, oh, I hope that went as well as, you know, because he did have me do it differently. I was like, God, I hope that worked because it worked the way I was doing it the other way. But then he had me change it. And I was like, I hope that worked. It's, it's funny because you seem like you're having such a good time when you watch it. Oh, I was having a good end, time. Especially when you say it, you know, again, at the end of the yeah, thing, yeah. kind of by yourself. Yeah. It really yeah, yeah. feels like. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I did have a good time, but, you know, I was nervous and hoping it went well. And, you know, I mean... I definitely still frequently have those moments where I'm like, what the fuck was that? That was amazing and strange. You know, I can really remember doing a thing with Russell Crowe. Sure, Cinderella Man. Doing Cinderella Man. And and I can still remember doing this scene in a boxing ring with him. And there was, I don't know how many, 1,500, 2,000 extras in this thing, yelling and screaming. And I'm standing in the middle of the thing, rubbing him down with a towel. And I was like, what the fuck? This is insane. This is amazing. Awesome. Like, how the hell did this happen? I just was like, this is crazy. And it was, you know, so I still have moments like that, if that's what you're talking about. I still have those moments. Well, yeah, that's an amazing sort of like, how did I get here? Holy shit. But even with the Brasco thing, it's more like the art, like the the thing um, that happened between you guys and the director and, you know, camera the actors, the whole thing adds up to a thing where that scene is one of those scenes people I guess it is talk one of about those things all these that people remember. Yeah, no, later. I guess they do. And so, no, but I didn't have any sense that it was like I had just done something that was going to sell going to be great. I was just glad not to have fucked it up. Right. No, and the Russell Crowe yeah. thing makes sense to me. And, and, uh, and you liked making Cinderella Man. Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. You think he's, he's really, uh, did you like working with Russell? He's amazing. I loved working with him. He's great. I mean, he's what do you just, hope for in, a, in a, a co-star? Is it the presence? Like, what are the things that makes yeah. it really great for you to go to work with somebody? Once, let's say the script's like him good or something. Yeah. What do you what? Yeah. Or what do you notice? Like that? I don't know. I mean, it's like he was great, and it's like I generally always some of the best experiences I've had working with other actors. I think I said this to you while we were doing our TV show. Was um, I really like working with actresses who are like, you know, not kids anymore who've been around for a while. Cause I'm like, they're really good. If you can survive as a woman in this business and keep acting at like a high level of it, you have to be so good. You cannot be, you have to be so on point and you can't be a jerk and you have to be like, I mean to survive doing it as an actress. So when I work with those 
women. That's like the perfect experience because they're so prepared. They're so professional. They're so present. They're so not full of shit. They're not dicking around. It's like, there's no, you know, like Maggie Tiff that we were working with who plays my wife on the show. There's just no, it's just like, it's just absolute straight ahead. Let's just do this. Well, yeah, she's an incredible actress. She's, a she's great still actress. a young person, and it's like, though. I, you know, she's well, not. No, I'm not saying anything. I mean, it's like you know what I mean. It's like if you can, if you can just survive as an actress, whatever so age hard. you're at. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, like Maggie. Just, well, Maggie's yeah. the whole pack. What's amazing about Maggie, and we both agree, is yeah, she's just incredibly smart. You know, she's the smartest person in the room most of the time. She walks into a room. Yeah, she she's is. an incredible actress, and she's yeah. beautiful. She's beautiful. No, and she has all that stuff going. But it's just that she's just there's no. There's no dicking around. Well, there aren't a lot of tricks. There's not a lot of tricks. No. And so that makes like, you, as right. an actor, not you're have not a lot of tricks. No. And so it's like somebody that actually keeps me lively and I'm having fun with them and feeling like, you know, and Russell's like, you can just do anything to that guy. I think, I've said this before about him. I don't know. I don't know him that well. But it's like, I think that he's happiest in his life when he's acting when he's standing there with an actor that he enjoys working with and he's got the camera going that guy could not be happier and it's like so when you're working with somebody that is that joyful about what they're doing it's just like and you can do anything to him you can throw anything at him you can do anything and he wants you to do it he wants to get in there and he just loves it you know, and it's like a sport almost. And it's like, that's great. Right. When it's really alive, then it's yeah, alive. It's then you're alive. not doing tricks either. And because... it's a, no, hopefully you're not because you, you, don't, you don't want to. You don't need to. You Nobody's even thinking that way. You know what I mean? You're just like, he's, he's extraordinary. It's funny. I'm just going back to this thing you said. And I understand what you meant about how film acting, TV acting, you're going to, in order to convey the thing. But it seems to me just in watching your process that the p- things that end up on film are the things it seems to me you get you get you get that stuff which maybe is a manifestation of insecurity out of the way very quickly uh-huh and then you kind of go then yeah. the work ends up not having a lot of that i hope not yeah no it's I mean, because the the work feels so connect you know uh-huh. yeah feels well, so connected yeah. in a way that's interesting. I mean, that's an, that's a really interesting thing and it's true. You have to get a lot of your nerves out, you know? I mean, it's like and Sometimes being prepared and coming in the first place super prepared, you're not going to have those nerves or insecurities and stuff like that. But sometimes you have to work them out and they get worked out. I mean, I guess the only time you've done the same camera, same part over a long period of time was John Adams. And I'm wondering if there was a point in which you just settled in. So, because I mean, that performance is, you know, I I love that thing. And I wonder, I know that there were production challenges making it. But I, I wonder if that thing happened to you. You're talking about Russell, where, between, you know, because you were so intimately involved in like making it and the battles and all the rest of it. But when, it, when between action and cut, you really did feel like you you were this guy yeah, aging well, over this long experience thing. because it was seven months maybe, right? And it, I was on pretty much every day. I think I maybe had a day off of, the, or maybe a day and a half. So you know, there's all the things about that it was hard and stuff like that but it offered this strange opportunity to sort of like settle into the part in a weird way i mean it was like i think in some ways this is not strictly true but in some ways when i look at that i don't watch that i haven't seen it in a long time but i almost in some funny ways got too relaxed playing that part i got too comfortable in some ways when i look at it and there's sort of funny technical things that i didn't do. I mumble a lot in that, and I'm not quite sure why. 
why I do. I almost think I was too comfortable that I was almost just so comfortable with it that I was like, it was almost like I was alone in the room with these people and I forgot there was a camera and I forgot there was, because part of it was just such sheer mass of work that I just, I mean, talk about being unconscious. I mean, I, I, I was getting handed five page scenes three minutes before we had to do them with my dialogue completely new and some scenes just completely new constantly. Well, you were mumbling then because you didn't know the words. Well, there might have been a little bit of that. But in some ways there was this, I had to be so unconscious and just sort of, it was odd. But for sure it was a unique thing in a cool way that you could just, uh, I mean, become... I, don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some of that stuff sounds melodramatic or romantic or weird, but there was a weird way in which it was like, I couldn't help but be this guy all the time. And it was like, you know, I just was this guy all the time. Yeah. You, know? you well, you would, you would, uh, you're playing them seven months straight. You're not mm. taking a day off. You're mm. living with these people. Mm -hmm. No. And it's like my, my, at the time, my wife at the time said it one night I woke up and said, um, I woke up and I woke her up and I said, who's going to be secretary of state? And she said, what? And I said, who's going to be Secretary of State? And I just went back to sleep. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't even think that position existed then. That's just fantastic, <laughs> But though. yeah, I just was like, that's all I was thinking and dreaming all the time. I was just like, it never stopped, which was cool. But it was also nuts in some ways. And well, I wonder, so it felt, yeah, you could see the line towards mad. I mean, the line toward uh, sort well, He of was kind of mad, too. So it was like, you know, it lent itself to that. I mean, he was a little nuts. He was committed. He was committed and, and, you know, there it's arguable and I don't like to reduce things to this, but it's arguable that, you know, if you look at him retrospectively from our point of view, you'd say that he's, you know, bipolar or something. You Did know, you, were you consciously trying to play I thought about that? I mean, I wasn't consciously trying to play that, but I was playing what I knew to be his manic sort periods of, and depressive. Yeah. I mean, it sure well, as hell sounded sure, like that. And so I wasn't these playing events did that. Happen. I was just playing that. Here's a guy who, man, he goes full tilt and crazy. And then he like, he would, you know, he would have these kind of breakdowns and those were in the script that was put into the script. Not because I said it, but because that was the writer doing it. And I wonder for an actor, I've never asked anyone this, uh, like all creative people, not all bipolar, manic, depressive. My, my wife writes books about this all the time. I'm not going to in any way say that like, my wife's books like are that, like um, very specific about what people are like her novels. But um, but there is some sort of hint of that where we go through periods that are like feel very alive and fertile. Yeah. And then periods. And in most of the other things you were um, you can kind of react to that. But as an actor. I wonder when you're feeling great and when you're feeling shitty, mm -hmm. you still have to show up and do your thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Is that no, just you, professionalism? I yeah. Mean, that's just what you have to do. That's just your job. You know, it's like, that's just your job. If you feel like fucking shit, but you have to come in and just be, you know, happy great. go lucky man. And what's great about that sometimes is you walk away feeling like happy-go-lucky man. Then, of course, you remember you felt like shit. <laughs> and you crash. And you, you, you crash. But, you know, in some ways, there is that wonderful thing about it that it can infect you sometimes in a nice way. But, yeah, I mean, that's what's bizarre about it. And that goes back to what we were saying before about, like, those weird people do this. Yes. And this kind of strange detachment and ability to sort of detach and reattach. And, you know, it's weird. So you, you're just to go backwards a little to how, how you got here. Um, you grew up, um, you know, the son of, uh, uh, 
people who were very accomplished, mm-hmm. uh, ed- very highly educated uh, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to uh, boarding school, you know, one of the mm-hmm. great boarding schools of the of the world. Yeah, I, yeah, a prominent one. And uh, which one did you go to? Again? I went to Choate yes. Rosemary Hall. Went to Choate. Yes, sir. And then Yale and Yale School of Drama. Uh-huh. Your dad was the president of Yale. Yep. And uh, I'm just wondering when you first connected to acting, when mm-hmm. it first felt special to you, and then, you know, whether that brought, created any tension versus the expectations of someone who's supposed to go from Choate to Yale uh-huh. to a different kind of Yale uh-huh. graduate school. But first, uh-huh. like, when did you first, like, connect to acting? That's such a, I mean, it's a funny thing, because it's like, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing how we remember shit and how we reformulate the narrative of our lives and stuff and it always changes it's always changing so it's hard for me i mean i definitely as a kid enjoyed the whole notion of kind of play acting and stuff you know and it's like i i i was very into that if we ran around playing army I took it so fucking seriously when I was a kid that it was like no I'm going to be I'm going to be and it was not just it was like no I'm going to be George C Scott and Patton I mean but I'm going to be him like a motherfucker right. like I'm not going to be fucking around here this is not a joke army to me it was like you know what i mean so there was that kind of thing and i you know i remember being in plays well, and how would the other kids react to that yeah they well loved it, it, they were into it right were, i think it upped the whole game that's great i think it definitely did but i think some kids were like you're out of your mind sure you're fucking crazy uh, yeah because i would be like throwing myself off walls and attacking people i mean it was nuts and, and it you're was like 10 years old uh, yeah yeah up until around then and and sure probably even too too old beyond that probably still just like and and i was really into being in like you know i went to a school where there were uh you'd do a play every year the, the class would do a play and you know it was whatever it was like uh, you know it was kids plays kids do you know it was like alice in wonderland and stuff like that and i always uh i i loved doing that but I never, but I didn't think of like, oh, I love act. You know what I mean? I didn't quite think of it like I'm going to be an actor or something. But it was like one of your favorite or your favorite I thing loved to do? It. it was like crazy how much I loved it. And I loved watching movies and just imagining myself being these people in these movies. And, and uh, so it was a thing, you know what I mean? And my mother had wanted to be an actress so, you know, she always kind of loved to take us to the theater and stuff like that. My dad did too. And my brother was very interested. He was kind of, my brother's an actor and he was more as a kid, kind of super engaged in it in a real way that was conscious. That What's was your like, brother's I name? Really, Marcus. And he's a really, he's a great actor. And it's like his, he was much more consciously like, this is something I really love and want to do. And so, but I would, I didn't have that awareness really. And I think part of it might've been that I just thought I was, I don't know. I thought maybe I was going to do something else. There wasn't any expectation. That what did I you think gonna, you were going to do? I don't know. I just didn't, I went through so many. Do you think th- you'd be a professor? Well, you love read. I mean, obviously you're a huge I do, reader. I do, I did love that. Books. And that certainly went through my head that I could do that. There was never any pressure that I had to do that. I think that there was some expectation that I might or probably would, because I did, I did and do like to read and things like that a lot. So but I wasn't actually interested in academics like that. And I wasn't interested in scholarship and stuff. It doesn't interest me at all. So I never really intended to do that. But, you know, there were lots of things I wanted to do 
And when I look at it now, I go, well, clearly I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to be a general. I wanted to be a dentist. I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted to be whatever, an archaeologist. I wanted to be, and I'm like, no, I wanted to be an actor is what I wanted to be. I wanted to be all of those things. You know what I mean? And it's like... And, and so was it by the time you got to college? Because people yeah, talk about college. you at college. When like, I went uh, to college is when I started out. I didn't do much in high school or anything. I think I did a play kind of accidentally. I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. But then I went to college not intending to do anything like that. And extracurricularly, there was no um, theater major. What would you major in? I have done that anyway. I, was a, I ended up being an English major. Um I did plays on the side as an extracurricular thing. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I love doing this. But did you did you know you were good at it right away? <clears throat> I knew I really liked it. You know, I knew I loved doing it. I knew I had, I knew it was like, I just, nothing else felt like that. And nothing else gave me that kind of satisfaction and pleasure. And, and when you would hear challenge. from people. It was nice. Satisfaction, sure. pleasure, and challenge. Yeah. So you, at that time, like you were working really hard at I, it. in a f funny way i don't think i ever worked harder than i did in those plays when i was in college i don't think i've ever committed myself again the way i did in those things well now i know what to say to you by yeah. the way on set yeah sharpen come up come on man yeah think about college yeah don't let that like, what was your favorite production yeah. what ibsen did you do in college what, that, did you say ibsen? What ibsen did you do in <laughs> i don't college think i did then? the ibsen i don't think i've ever oh no i have done ibsen I did the Peer Gint. That's one of the hardest things I've ever done. That was crazy. That was psychotic. I didn't do that in college. I did that in... Uh, what did you do in college? Drama school. I did a lot of plays. What was the thing I liked doing the most? I remember we did um, Glengarry Glen Ross. And this is when it was on Broadway. And we did it and it was illegal that we did it. I mean, it was we, the guy didn't get the rights to do oh, it. Oh, so you so, did it just a student production. Yeah, right? and I think, I think we almost got in trouble for doing it. I think Mammoth's lawyers... Like, did you play Roma? What did you play? I played... Um, Levine. I played oh, Shelly. Yeah. The machine? Yeah. And I remember just thinking like, this is the greatest thing. And I didn't know from Mammoth at all. I had never read him before. And I got it and I was just was like this. I mean, it is incredible, that stuff, you know? I mean, I don't know if it ages well or not. Yes. Does it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of it over the years and it's the, like, but the, I haven't done it in a long time. But certainly up through Speed the Plow is... Yeah. Great. Still yeah. great. Amazing. And amazing for actors. So, I mean, we were in college. We were obviously no, way but now too I know young I'm sad to be doing to just be like, give me some of this Glengarry shit, yeah. man. Stop this bullshit. <laughs> What's that? On set now, I can be like, stop phoning it in. <laughs> oh, no, you give absolutely can. Give me this can. fucking Glengarry oh, shit. Oh, my God, dude, you absolutely can. It's like, I did shit that I'm like, wow, I did that? And I mean, I broke bones doing stuff, and I did crazy shit to my appearance and stuff. I mean, I was like full-on fucking De Niro when I was 19. I don't do any of that shit now. I'm lazy. <laughs> and lame and like I lost it it's like I look at it sometimes and I'm like man I was amazing when I was like 19 how disappointing is that and true is that always true I don't know if it's true you know what I mean it's like but I look at it and go there was a level of kind of insane commitment that I, I can't imagine doing what I did anymore it's like I gotta work and survive it's like I can't have done you know but do you think or I mean do you think that is uh I mean, I look at performances you've given. I mean, uh, you know, I look at Sideways. I even look at things like Zamuda in Man on the Moon, and I <laughs> yeah. see total fucking commitment in an Probably act. too much. <laughs> really a little too much commitment. I could mellow out, couldn't I? I could back off. Well, <laughs> I could afford to relax sometimes. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, do you miss 
uh, whatever. I mean, obviously you become proficient. The, Do you the, miss you when miss you're an freedom. amateur? Yeah. You miss the complete freedom of ignorance and joy i mean yeah i do sometimes and when i lived in seattle and started acting it's like i just look at that and i'm like i totally miss it and i don't know what that was and it it may be i may be completely wrong that i was actually any good i don't but you know what i mean it's the primitive it's like the more it's it's like you're you're trying everything because you want that too is stage you know what i mean stage affords that more there's this great story that i i heard that kenny aronoff who was uh, kenny aronoff is greatest probably rock drummer you don't know he's played in every band he was the biggest session drummer but he's came up as john cougar's drummer and he's this amazing drummer right-handed and you know that song hurts so good the john Uh cougar before cougar was john mellencamp yeah so they were in the studio and it's like i'm supposed to have this very uh very simple two four and kenny it was there and john was like something's missing and he said to kenny play lefty and he goes what do you mean he goes Put the hi hat on the other side, right. and I want you to play that song the opposite, the opposite way. way. Take yourself out of your comfort and so zone, so that you play it joyously. It's supposed to sound like a garage band. You're too right. good a drummer, right? Play right. Like, like you're like in a you garage band, to. right? When you're play not like quite you don't sure know what the you fuck hang, you're doing, like you don't know that you can hang on. Yeah. And I thought I've always thought like that is a brilliant thing to do to yourself to find a way to get out of your to keep yeah well that's absolutely true and I think you do need to keep doing that. What do you do to make? What do you do to like sort of do that for yourself to put yourself back in the place where you have to reach? No, that's a really good point. How do you do that? I mean, I think a lot of that with an actor is you try to you try to find stuff that you haven't done before. You try to. I mean, it's why going back and doing theater is good. I don't do that enough. And it's like, you know, literally you reconnecting with something that you loved and did a lot, you know, and, and because I don't do it enough anymore. But, you know, there's also something much more, you know, it's a much more of a high wire act theater in some ways. You know, I mean, it's much, it's much more. And then you take something from that. Sure. Absolutely. And it's, and, and yeah, and, you know, you try to find challenging work. You try to find stuff you haven't done before. You know, I mean, you try to, if you're lucky and you can do that you know that'll that will keep the hi hat on the left hopefully sometimes yeah i mean even the fact that you still think about it as an artist is yeah. like separate i think even that you're aware like you're sort right. of uh, is a big like yeah hopefully that actually keeps it going right that you're I mean, still you're interested the, i mean you're even asking yourself the question yes right am hopefully I, that means in a weird way uh, yes am i am i really you know am i, how am I gonna make sure i can really do this <laughs> could i do this better right am i right or that whatever yeah. yeah that you're pushing not in a neurotic way that you know you want this thing to yes. be great for yourself. Yes. 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 You still want it to be, you still want it to be great. You want to come you alive, still want to be right? better. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's what actors just want that all the time. They want it to be great all the time. They want to feel great. They want to, you know, I mean, that's what they just want that they're so hungry for it all the time. And what know? stands in your way usually on a, is it, is it people who don't understand the way, like, I, you know, someone who's spent this time, is it, Directors who don't understand what it means to do the job. Is it the, you know... It can be that or whatever. I don't know. You can get in your own way. You can... I don't know. It's like... Well, you just don't often get the work necessarily. You know what I mean? You don't get to work necessarily with great people and that, that, that open up the channels for all that. Even you feel that. I'm saying sure, even someone who works the way... worked with people who are not... You know, I've gotten better at not giving a shit about that and being like, well, I'm just going to have a good time anyway and I'm going to do my thing anyway. You know, and it's like... And, and that's okay. And that, it doesn't get me down the way it used to where, I, where it could bum me out if I felt do, like do somebody Do you also wasn't. choose... Uh, 
do you try to make choices based on a little bit who you want to Sure. The other actors really matter. The director, sure. Yeah. You do. You consider that stuff. I do, definitely. Like when you have a meeting with the people you're going to do the work with, Mm. you actually, do you try to actually pay attention to it and think like, do I want to definitely go spend three months with these people? A lot of time with, yeah. And you're not always right, you know? And it's like, because a lot of the people get to the point where they can have that meeting, know how to have that meeting. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard to have that meeting. They're kind of uncomfortable meetings in the first place. And oftentimes I don't, sometimes I think, oh, I ought to grill them more about the script than I do. But sometimes I just want to get the feeling of the person. I mean, sometimes it's literally like, do I just want to hang out with this person for three months? Do I want to be stuck with this guy for three months? Do I, am I going to have a good day at work with this guy? You know what I mean? And it's like, and, and. I'm not often, often I'm right. I don't think I've been wrong a lot of the time. No, that stuff's important. I I mean, I I agree. You try to build your whole, I mean, in this endeavor where you and I are in a thing with, for, you know, we're going to be shooting for six months, five and a half months or whatever it is. And uh, luckily we saw it on the pilot. We were in a, it is a great troop. Yes. Nobody's, there are no, Nobody's, no assholes. No, no It'd be hard to throw that stuff. No assholes. No. And it's funny. It's like, I, 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 it's exactly true. And it's like, it's such a simple sounding thing to just create a good environment where you have a good day at work. And it sounds like such a sort of old man thing it's to say, every, no, it's an but every... it's like, but, it, but as you go along in this, it's like, I just want to have a good day at work. <laughs> well, yeah, cause life can be <laughs> yeah. outside. Like, yes. I'd like to come to work. And I mean, there's no reason to be doing this, this for a living. If I'm not going to work and having a good day. I mean, you might right. as well just fucking throw well, yourself under a bus. I wonder if that's part of the choice where you were like, all right, I'm going to be willing to go do a, ser- a series like this. Yeah. As opposed to doing movies where you can, obviously you're very highly in demand to go do movies, but there's a different kind of uncertainty and a huge movies have different. <sighs> yeah. Potentially one of the attractive things about the TV is that it's this kind of continuous thing that could become a very nice, not, 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 com- not comfortable, not comfortable in the, sense in the of bad complacency. Sense. Yeah. But like. But just, just, just enjoyably. It gives you a home. Pleasurably. Uh, yeah. You can grow in it and do good work and feel alive. creative and feel, you know, that'll be, it, it sounds wonderful. And I hear people report when it goes well, that it's like nothing better. Actors well, yeah, are like, that was one of the best for, for, for me when we finished our pilot and you know, you're thinking it's going to go, but you don't know until, until you hear it was like we had somehow all put together this group that really, uh, all seemed unified and trying to do something great without making it impossible on everybody else. Yeah, and it's right. rare. It, it it's seems really rare. One of the things that I was really, real, one of the reasons I really wanted this to <laughs> me too, you know, happen. Yeah. Um, yes, it was great calling you when the show got picked up and telling you that it was <laughs> happening. It was awesome. Um, just a couple more things. I have some specific, mm-hmm. uh, things I wanted to ask you about when, especially because of how it, it ended up, you know, famously Alexander Payne, was determined to make sideways with you. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, it was hard to get the money. Uh-huh. People wanted him to use people who before that movie were more famous than uh-huh. you were. Uh-huh. Were you caught in the loop on that as it was going on? And what did it feel like? What did that all feel like to you? No, I was, I was, uh, I was in a funny place when that came along at all. I mean, it was, I, I had, I'd had a rough couple of years. Couple of years. I'd done this movie, American Splendor, which was great, but it had sort of vanished. And it was a kind of touch and go that it was ever even going to get released. And it went to Sundance, which was great. And everybody really liked it. But I'd had a rough 
ride for a couple of years. Meaning, even though American Splendor got you a lot of attention. Though. It eventually did, yeah. But, but it, it didn't right off the bat. And it was like, and I remember kind of, I'd never been to Sundance before. And I went with that movie and I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is really going to change things. It didn't really, I went home and it was like, no, didn't really change anything. Your phone anything. wasn't ringing after didn't that? Didn't really change anything, no, until the movie came out. Then when it came out, that was, then it was, it made a big difference. But no, and I'd, I'd had a, I had had a couple of years though that were pretty tough. I had what not does that worked mean? a whole lot. I you didn't work a lot. a lot because, but you were passing on because you would. No, you I wasn't passing pass anything. Then. You weren't. I was no. I wasn't getting a whole lot of work, and it was like you know, and I was really scrapping around, and I was not getting theater work, and I wasn't getting, and it was it was a rough ride. So that thing came along, and and I remember they said, you know, Alexander Payne wants to see you for this movie he's doing. Didn't say anything about what it was or anything, and they gave us a couple of pages of a scene. And I don't remember what scene it was, but it was something that eventually was, you know, what I did with Tom in the movie, Hayden Church. It was one of those scenes, but I didn't know what it Who was. Who did they give the scenes to? You and uh, me, me, just me alone. And they said, he you wants with to Alexander. Meet you. Yeah. So I went in and I was very excited because I thought he was great. You know, I thought, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of that. Like I got to work with this guy someday, but he was somebody I really admired from election and other things. And yeah, of course. I was very excited, but I was, I had been having a rough time. So I was not walking into this thinking anything was going to come of this. I just was like, I managed to get this that's great he had not seen american splendor or anything he didn't know who i was at all he had he had somebody had recommended me to him so i went in and i read the thing whatever this scene was i read it it was two pages of a scene i had no idea what it was and then um he had me read some more and then he was like great thanks and i left and i didn't hear anything about it for months and so you didn't know this battle was going on. You didn't know no, that he no was making idea a fight. What was going. I had no idea what was, going, what was going on. I was out in L.A. and my agent called me and said, Alexander Payne wants to take you to dinner. And she was really excited. And I said, why? And she said, well, I think he wants you to do that movie. And I was like, well, what is that movie? I was like, that part that I read for? She was like, that part you read for is like the lead in it of the two leads. And I was like, You're, that's bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> I was like, that's not true. And I went out and had dinner with him, and he said, yeah, he's a great guy. I don't know if you know him particularly. I've spoken to him twice, I don't know. He's like, he's just classic. And he was like, you know, I, I would really like you to do this movie. Are you interested in doing it? And I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, sure, dude. Thinking to myself, you're never going to get this movie made with me. Dude. Right. And he was like, and I'm thinking that the guy from Wings, you know that right. guy? Thomas I was Hayden. like, yeah, good luck, dude. But I sat there just being like, sure, man. Yeah, you bet. Like, you know, he's out of his mind. I was like, what are you, crazy? And he said, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to get the money on this. And I've had a hard time already. And he said, so I just want to know that you that you're here to if I it. go do this. Yeah. I didn't read the script or anything. And I just was like, yeah, man, sure, whatever, sure. Thinking, this is the last time I'm going to see you. Thanks for the, like, steak dinner and everything, dude. That was really nice to meet you. And it was like, and then I didn't hear anything about it again until suddenly they came back to me. And he was like, I managed to get somebody to make it with the two of you. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's, it was, I don't want to sound, like, sappy about it. But I was like, that's one of the most touching things I couldn't, both Tom and I were like, you're kidding me. You actually went to bat for me and this guy <laughs> for the two of us. You did that. I mean, it was unbelievable to us. Oh, that's the best. It was amazing. Had so you, I had no idea. Anything had you read on. it by then? I don't remember. Um, do you remember when you, but do, do you remember reading it and feeling like, holy shit, I'm really going to get to do this incredible. Yeah. No, I remember being like, oh my, I remember Tom and I were shitless. 
because we were just like, you could be kidding me. And but we also thought nobody's ever going to see this movie. But nonetheless, <laughs> we were like, we're going to blow this. We're going to blow it. Both of us were like, how could he have done this? He's an idiot. I had such a great experience. I saw that movie. One of the produ- Michael London mm-hmm. produced the movie. Yeah. Scre- was screening it in New York before it was all the way finished. And he invited us because we were working on The Illusionist together. Yeah, right. And we went to see it. And I remember walking out of that uh, and just thinking like, really? it was staggeringly great. Mm. And then, you know, soon thereafter, obviously, we cast you and yeah, we which is the my favorite together. role I've ever played in a movie, by the way. Which, the Illusionist. Yeah, well, for That's us, my to favorite have you part that I've movie. ever played. I loved doing that movie, but that part's my favorite movie role I've ever had. Well, you, your Inspector Ool is a, just one of the. It. Yeah, you locked into it. There are that was a dream that. come true for me. I was like, I get to play a detective, I get to have a pipe. It's 1900. I'm on a train. I got black leather gloves. And so I was like, this is what the little kid that's what i wanted to do all my life well i i don't i don't i i really wanted to want to so just a, cu- a couple of things before i i because that's great no because for me i'll just say this i would have said this as, as we're closing but it is true which is when dave and i thought that it was possible you'd come do this tv series with mm-hmm. us i mean we just thought there's no way paul can come we knew that we all got along and all wanted to work together yeah but I will say that feeling that you had from Alexander is when we had dinner with you in L.A., uh, we'd sent you the script to Billions. Uh, I called you on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it, sent it to you. You, you liked it. We knew mm. it when we went and had dinner. <laughs> I really couldn't believe you would actually put like do this thing with us. Really? Make this show. You were, yeah, you're the, I mean, we just, as you, I mean, you know, wow. you were, and I remember going and saying like, if, if Paul really does this, we'll really be able to make this show. And he's, to write for you for that, you know, to get to write 12 episodes for you. Yeah. It seemed to us unrealistically great that you would sort of like uh, say, hey, I'm going to go spend this this time. And and so I had the same feeling you had from, from Alexander. And I know David did too, which was like, you know, uh, both this incredible sense of gratitude and then the obligation, which I've, you know, felt every day. And I felt every day since to like deliver something worthy to you <laughs> to do, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, you know, it's funny because you guys came to me with that. And it's funny that I did the illusionist with you guys, because one of the things that was so great was I was like, leave it to you guys to come to me with a part that most people wouldn't come. Oh, yeah. To Neil with. Berger, who also and Neil too. Great and I was like, leave it to it, you yeah. guys to come to me with a part that most people wouldn't. And that was, and again, there you That's go. That's the I'm thing here too. Hat, I'm putting the hi-hat in the left in some ways. With yes, this. with this too. Yeah, yes. it's not the thing you do all the time. No, and it's like, and it's great. Well, yeah, but it locks in, it connects to us to like, uh, you rarely get to guy, play the kind of person who went to Choate. Yeah, no, I don't Yale, get to play these kinds of guys. No, I never this do. this guy does. And, it, and it's, it's, it's more similar to the illusionist character than any other thing. And so it's like, it's funny to me that I'm like, right, it would be you guys who give me the two things who that I've enjoyed it. the most because they're, it's different from what I get to do. No. And you can so see that's it pleasurable in a, in, for an actor. I'm like, Oh, I don't get to do this guy. It's great. Well, you know, and it's, it's clear in it. Well, all right. I know you, you have to go. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm very I didn't busy. get to I'm ask very you. Busy today. I didn't get to ask you about not getting nominated for Sideways. <laughs> it was fine. Did it feel bad? No, <laughs> no, because it was it, because I was like, really, I'm gonna get weepy that I didn't get nominated for an Academy Award. I mean, what kind of a jackass am I gonna be that I'm like, God, God damn you! For I mean, no, it was like, 
I, it just, no, it didn't feel bad. We all felt. I felt bad because my agents and stuff felt bad. They were crushed. And I felt like, oh boy, I feel really bad that they felt oh so Oh my God, bad. they made you actually feel like you let them no, down. No, they by didn't not make me feel that way. But I'm enough of a fucking sponge that I was like, oh, I let them down. You know what I mean? They didn't make me feel that way. I could tell that they were disappointed, but I was not. That What kind of, it's like, oh gee, I didn't win the lottery. You know what I mean? I didn't win the $400 million jackpot. God damn it. You know what I mean? I mean, why were you going to get upset about that? And in that instance, it's more than winning the lottery. It's like the fact that it was even, I was there was fine. I was like, this is pretty good. I'm doing right. pretty well, good. you got a lot of, yeah, yes. I'm and, doing pretty good. And that's it. That's a great, yep. you are doing pretty good, more than pretty good. You're doing great. <laughs> okay. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, uh, was a hey, if you want to find Paul Giamatti online, you're out of luck. He's not on Twitter. He doesn't, <laughs> that's right. you can't nope. find him. Uh, I'm at home. I'm so, just at home in Brooklyn. Sorry. You can find me at Brian Koppelman on Twitter. You can email me, uh, themomentbk@gmail.com. Don't send me movie ideas or TV show ideas because um, I won't look at them. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time, Paul. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.